0: Hey everybody, I'm Tony McQueen and welcome to the pro podcast where we talk about working something on a professional level while not being your full-time job. For me, I'm a mechanical engineer while striving to make the Haitian national team for track and field. For you, that can mean striving to be a woodworker, content creation for YouTube, a runner, a musician whatever they may be we all have something in common we can all learn from each other on today's episode i got to sit down and chat with Don, a fellow runner in the running community uh, a race director and so much more and it was a great time chatting so i hope you guys really sit back take a lot from this so sit back relax and enjoy Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today I have my guest Dawn, um, and we're going to be chatting about everything she does. I know that you're a mom, um, and from what I've heard from one of my friends, I know that you're also an ultra runner, and I do follow you on Instagram, so it's it's kind of cool seeing all that stuff that you have on there. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody, and then we can really get going.
1: Okay. Uh, my name is Dawn Lizenby, and I am a ultra runner for about 10 years now, prior to that um, some shorter distance running but really my background um was uh, playing women's competitive soccer and um oh, wow prior to that I was uh into dance so always been you know into uh staying fit and being athletic. And um because I loved running so much and really from getting an injury um I segued into doing some personal training and then and, and, um, um, got my coaching certifications and became a running coach. And um, I also, right prior to that, started putting on a race. So I'm also a race director. And now I have four races. So my coaching is Run Natural Coach, and my races are uh, East Coast Trail Racing. That's what I do full-time, other than being a mom to two boys, 16 or uh,
0: Well, years. I remember being <laughs> 16, and I can remember being a lot of work, so... <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: So you said that you, uh, you, you did competitive soccer and competitive dance. Um, Um, at what uh, what age were you doing competitive soccer and dance?
1: So the dancing was more um, teenage, you know, middle school teenage years, and then I did go for a period of time to performing arts school for that. And um, it was because it's such a competitive world. I really um, started limiting um, what I was eating and got into um, some eating issues and took some time off um, from doing it and realized I didn't want to live my life in that world. So then Mm -hmm. I decided to go a completely different direction in my life. And then while I was in college, that's when I played. I didn't play um, on a college team because there were very few women's college teams, actually. I was in college. Oh, wow. But I played um co and then um just, just women's um small sided competitive soccer.
0: Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I I don't know how much you know about me, um, but uh we have a mutual friend, Rachel. Um that's that's how we got introduced. Um so I ran high school track with her. Um I'm not a distance runner like her. I I ran sprints in high school, um and then I went on to to walk on to my college track team, um, from there. And then after college, I was ready to hang up running altogether. I don't, I don't really want to go towards marathon from being a sprinter. It's not my thing at all. Um, and then I probably sat out for maybe like a month and a half and I was like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not ready to be done with this. So then I started training and in hopes of, you know, trying to make the Haitian national team for track. Nice. Yeah.
1: I love the interview. I listened to the interview with, um, and Rachel who now I'm very proud to say is one of my athletes and I'm excited about nice. her race coming up this weekend. Um but uh yeah so I know a little bit of your background too and the whole um you know challenges you had there.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um what about you what's uh what's I guess what are some of the challenges that you face with you know even from you know transitioning from the different sports you've done as a coach as a as an ultra runner some of the the bigger challenges that have really shaped your mindset and stuff like that and what keeps you um you know pushing forward
1: yeah for sure i mean uh you know a challenge is what brought me into this world um and that was i lost my brother um in a car accident and when he passed away which was in 1997 i wasn't even a um ultra runner oh that's when i was playing soccer But part of what got me running was he was a runner. And when I decided to stop playing soccer and actually move to an area where there was no competitive soccer, I thought, well, I'll start running. Because he liked running, and I can do this, even though really I hated running unless there was a ball that I was running after. Literally, I did not want to run (laughs) four blocks around the field. And so I started with, you know, one-minute run, one-minute walk, and um, really grew to love it. So much so that I wanted to, um, you know, go longer and longer. And um, one of my first races I did was a 16-mile trail race. John Holmes, um, 16-mile, 50K. And I was all these 50K runners running, and I was like, wow. And they were so cool, and I just loved the whole atmosphere of it. Because I've been doing road races, but that atmosphere didn't resonate as much with me. Um, Mm -hmm. I just like that whole laid-back Vibe um, that the ultra running community has and the trail running community has. And so then I started getting this idea of putting on an ultra race because at that time, so we're talking like, um, you know, 2008. Okay. Um, there weren't a lot of 50Ks in the state, there were only a handful. Now there's, you know, multiple handfuls. And so I, um, wanted to do it so that I could give back to the school that my brother went to, because when he passed away, his class put a tree in his memory in front of the University of Georgia Vet School, which is like a huge honor, because kids unfortunately pass away all the time at college, and they don't get this, you know, a memorial in front of the college that they attended, so I always wanted to give back, and um, so I thought, well, I'll start doing this trail race, I'll name it after him and you know eventually maybe we'll make some money so that I can put a scholarship there in his memory and so wow. we've been doing that um for going on 8 years now the the trail race itself is 13 years um in duration this will be our 13th year coming up in October and so that was the and first year And you, you
0: host it every every October?
1: Yep, every October. That's the okay. Jack's 50k and we have smaller race distances too, shorter race distances. We have a 24K and a 12K um, because I really want, like, younger people to be involved. And and that's how I came into the ultra racing community because I was at a 16-miler. And, you know, so my first foray into that community was putting on a race for them. And part of that was I ended up, you know, having my two children. So in that period of time, so I did not do my first ultra till. I had already had one of my sons and then in 2005, so I was had my second son and then I ended up running my first ultra in 2010. That challenge of losing my brother segued into, you know, really the whole direction of my life. I mean, now I'm, you know, I, I put on four trail races. Um, my profession is East coast trail racing and then, um, the second, I would say, big challenge in my life was I was running, and I was, you know, successful at it, and mm-hmm. I had done my first marathon, and, you know, I, I then I did Boston Marathon, and I was going to do New York, and I was training super hard. I had, had my one son in between those marathons, and um, I was in the 20th mile of the New York City Marathon, and I just felt like something not right in my right hip ironically uh, and um, I uh, limp, you know I I was doing so well up to that point and I was re- literally reduced to like a walk and oh, wow. that was when I discovered after that race that I had a labral tear in my right hip which on that now you know you're seeing more and more information coming out about that kind of injury but it's a real serious injury and the first doctor I went to, actually, I always quote him because I left his office crying. He told oh, me, God if if you don't have surgery, you won't even, because uh, I, I had told him, I'm like, well, I have aspirations to run an ultra marathon. I'm, you know, I'm a marathoner, but I want to go further. And he's like, ultra marathon. If you don't have surgery, you won't even walk around Disney with your kids. And I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> so luckily, I went to see another doctor. And that doctor said, look, you're a physical, th- you, know, you know, you do, phys- you're a personal trainer. You know how to do physical therapy and rehab and get strong. And that's the direction you should go so that you can continue to do what you want to do. And I'm always so grateful that I saw him. And he was a sports um, orthopedist. So was the other guy. But he- this doctor. So
0: you ended worked. up not having the surgery?
1: No, I didn't have oh, the wow. surgery. And I can tell you right around that same time, there were people who did have surgery that, you know, I came into contact with because I was really searching out information. And um, most of those people are no longer running. So oh, wow! I'm always really thankful because that surgery is like a really um, difficult surgery to come back from. And mm-hmm. especially because of the scar tissue that is involved with it because they actually dislocate the hip. To get into the joint because it's such a deep area of your hip so yeah i'm really grateful and you know that sent me in the direction of becoming a coach because i was a personal trainer but i was like okay why did i get injured what what's what's you know what's the reason for for the injury you know
0: and uh, you you wanted to a- to work towards the, the the why instead of let's instead of being the at the end of let's fix it let's what what I what needs to happen with coaching to prevent you from even getting to that point
1: exactly and then Mm -hmm. that sent me um in a direction of in the beginning just really going and doing clinics and um working with area running stores which one of my um running stores that I work with still I just um trained a group of coaches as run natural coaches so it's super cool and uh That was an opportunity that came to me during the pandemic of 2020 last summer where I had been doing clinics for them, you know, for 10 years since I started uh, form coaching in 2010. And the owner of Fitnich, um, Rich Wills, said, how would you like to train my managers to become run natural coaches? Wow. You know, we'll put on a clinic that you develop in our store, you know, for our clients to come to. That's really awesome. Yeah, so it was a really great opportunity, so I'm really proud of that, and also just that was something I was really passionate about since I got injured is helping runners to understand if they're injured, how to come back from that, and then how to prevent it completely.
0: Yeah, it's definitely definitely big. I know, um, so my dad, he actually had to have hip surgery in high school. He was a, a, a football player, like, you know, all throughout his childhood, played high school football, was... You know, one of the, the better kids on the team had a possibility of going uh, at least playing college football, and he had to have hip surgery, I th- what was it, his junior year, and that like basically ended, more or less, like he, they let him play a little bit, like he was, but they, he was, he got better, he recovered, but they didn't let him in the game nearly as much as they would have beforehand, so that kind of just ended that. Um, me, I had, I did have to have foot surgery After freshman year of college, Um, it was because I have I have bunions, uh, you know this genetic issue where I have no control over. And I got into college, and I guess from going to typically running outside every day in high school, whether it was no matter what the weather was, to running indoors at an indoor track, practicing on it every single day is where I really started to put that strain on my on my toe. Um, And then I got to a point where I was running okay times, but I couldn't go any faster. I wasn't I was no my fitness was would let me go faster, but my foot wouldn't let me go any faster. So I ended up having to have this surgery, this, this bunion surgery. And they were like, well, there's a 50 50 chance where you, you could run again or you could not run again. It could go either way. So I still ended up doing it. And, uh, I, I did it as soon as the school year ended. So I did it like early July. They're like, all right, you're going to be back and up and running. Um, you know, end of like beginning of August, you should be good to to go with your team and, and start really training come the fall. So I get back to the fall, we get to indoor track, um, and right off the bat I'm automatically running significantly slower than I've ever run before and I'm ready to quit. And it's just like that for the entire indoor, but we finally get to outdoor and I run my first 400 hurdle race and I run the time that I needed to get to actually make the team roster. The team that the time that I couldn't hit the year before. So that like I was like, all right, so that one that one was actually worth it but those like it but there's a there was a chance where it could have it could have went the completely opposite direction where I could have just like that would could have been it for my running career.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's you know, those are the the challenges that you know, you decisions you have to make because of those challenges that can propel you in either direction. So it's, you know, especially um you know, when you're talking about something that's you know, your career. It's not just your hobby. Um it's it's you know, significant
0: yeah so but even I mean even now like the the challenges like now uh because of the pandemic um I found myself kind of I guess I mean for lack of a better word bored and I so I wanted to do a podcast so I wanted to share information that I have that like you know I didn't see, see a lot of people sharing so for me it was how am I training as a full-time athlete and also a full-time job and so that I found that like I, I wasn't finding a lot of podcasts like that. So I was like, all right, let me cool. Let me share that because I have a lot of friends that are doing things and that are doing things full time. will have a full time job. I have friends you know, trying to be musicians, trying to be personal trainers while also working for someone else and doing all this other stuff. So I feel like it would be it would have been a great idea to share what we kind of all know and are going through. Because no matter whether it's sports or business or whatever, some of those experiences do carry over pretty easily and can really help someone that's struggling to understand what's happening.
1: Oh, absolutely. I took a lot of inspiration from Rachel's podcast because, you know, although I had met her during the pandemic and we kind of had, you know, similar experiences with uh, the circumstances we went through, um, Mm -hmm. I had no idea that, you know, her whole experience with the University of Florida. So it was really kind of a similar trajectory of me in the sense that, you know, her whole life changed direction, you know, from where she thought she was going, you know?
0: Yeah. I can't say that my change was, was that, was, was that far off from where I was already going, but it, it definitely, it could have been. So, and yeah, her, her story was, it was something else, especially just because I went from knowing her and, in high school, she was, I think she was a year younger than me. So I, you know, I saw that she was going to to Florida and everything. And then, you know, you graduate, you kind of lose touch, especially with people that aren't in the same grade as you. And then you see on Facebook and stuff, all these, these stacking of events of things going on. And you're like, oh, what? I'm like, all right, that's surgery one. Oh, oh, that's another surgery. I'm like, all right, There's stuff like that. It's kind of, it's crazy. the, the, when you're not fully in contact, you like see these things and in, in, in these life changes that people are going through all of a sudden. That's, it's kind of crazy. Absolutely. So what do you, so when you hit these, these snags and these challenges, so I, I like to to say kind of, um, uh, I'm leaning, you know, away from what I do to stay motivated, but more like, you know, it, cause it is dedication cause motivation goes and comes, but what do you say to yourself in times of low motivation, um, to really keep you going? So I, I say, let go like God, it's the, Quote from my great grandma. She says it all the time. Um, I haven't. I even have it tattooed on me, um, and that is what gets me through. You know, I'm just like, especially like on, even on race days, where I'm like, all right, like I put in the work. Now I just have to show up. So uh, like going like God, or I'm having a, I'm, I'm days going really poorly. Like it's gonna work out. We're gonna work this out. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So is there anything you say to yourself when you're in those down times? Anything you do specifically to really kind of uplift yourself?
1: Um, well, that's a great question. And I love your quote. That's, that's, that's wonderful. And I Thank you. It has a personal touch to you too, because it's not just something that you came up with. It comes from your grandma. Um, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm I make a lot of inspiration from my community and, um, you know, not just the obvious way in the sense that, you know, you can go and put something out there in social media and, and expect it mm-hmm. to build you up but i would say more from looking at the challenges other people are going through and um being grateful for you know that the challenges that i have in front of me are minor compared to some um so okay you know i really try to keep my life in perspective and be so grateful that not many people get to do what they love for a living and
0: that's true you know,
1: because because of The inspiration and support and encouragement of my community, I get to put on these awesome races. I have one coming up at the beginning of August where, you know, 150 crazy runners want to run in, you know, 100-degree heat around a one-mile trail for 6 and 12 hours. And I call it a trail party because that's what it is. I love it. And, um, you know, they, they come out there and they... Just drive themselves. And every time I'm a part of that, I'm just so inspired on a personal running level. But then, okay. you know, I'm also inspired on the level of what I do for a profession as a race director and a coach, because my athletes will be out there. A lot of times my athletes okay. will come to my races. So it's like a multi level, <laughs> you know, um, gotcha. Gift that I get back from, you know, what I do. So, yeah and I mean and just anytime one of my athletes is successful I mean that's so inspiring to me and and even even when they meet challenges you know helping them understand okay why wasn't this race successful you know why did you have the challenges you had and and let's you know work through that because you know what uh one of my friends says um you know don't let it defeat you you know let it mhm inspire you forward. So, um,
0: I definitely, I definitely do connect with that. The the feeling of coaching. So I just, I just started coaching this past spring. Um, I volunteer at a, at one of the local high schools near me. Um, just as someone, you know, I get out of work They're most, most of them, you know, either they're showing up late on that day. So that way I can help them out. I, I help them with hurdles. Cause I hurdled in college. I'm not, Specifically aiming for the hurdles at this for this season, but I you know have plenty of hurdle knowledge between my all the coaches that I've had and my own personal experiences. So I help them with that. I get to help the sprinters, and it's uh, it's fun because I'm at a point because I'm still training. I get to do workouts with them. So I'll make them. I'll make. I, I know what their pace is supposed to be. They know what their pace is supposed to be, and I give them a head start. And all all the only thing that matters is that I'm I'm allowed to catch them. I'm not allowed to blow by them because if I blow by them, that means that. I'm going. I'm. I'm good at my internal clock. I'm at a point where I can. I can keep my body clock on, and I know that I'm hitting the times. They're not there yet. So th- that's how I. I keep try to keep them accountable for knowing that. So definitely trying to build that. But it's 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 awesome seeing them go to these meets and doing really well and pring and all this other stuff. And it's like it's a great feeling. And I definitely see why. Like my coaches always had a, a smile on their face, and also why there's a smile on their face while we're at practice suffering. Now I I know that side of it too, and it's actually really it's it's awesome to see what like you're telling them and seeing it actually pan out and work out and and move in the right direction and just the the mindset of being an what the mindset of being an athlete does for people in their everyday life because i can't say that it'd be anywhere near the person that i am today outside of sports if it wasn't for the life lessons that my coaches and the sports have taught me
1: yeah you know just just seeing people put in the work you know um so one thing I tell a lot of my athletes, you know, because especially uh, m- most athletes are really goal driven and, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're mostly like for me, the same thing. When I go into a race, I want to get the best out of me, you know, and that's really the person I'm most competitive with is myself. I'm not saying that I don't want to beat other people in the race or play so <laughs> well, but primarily my competition is with myself. So You know, I tell my athletes all the time because they put a tremendous pressure on them, you know, try to remember, too, that this is the reward of all the work. You know, when you're out there competing, you know, don't lose sense of that, of the, you know, this is this is your reward. You know, you're going to do your
0: best when you're having fun.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a a tough thing or a misnomer because you see people all the time. They say enjoy every mile. But, you know, I don't ever say that because be miles you're not going to enjoy. So you're not going to enjoy every mile. They're just going to be tough miles, no. but there's a there's an enjoyment in that too, you know. Ultra runners are they're they're a sick group because they do like to suffer, you know. And when they come Yeah, I know. I mean side, <laughs> I mean really I used to empowered. say
0: that I used to say that you know, just track in general like we we like to suffer cuz I like every year I'm like, why am I still here? I signed up for this. I must enjoy suffering. But what, you know, ultra runners that like, for me, I, that's on a whole nother level of suffering. And that's, you know, also because that's not what my body has been training towards. So, you know, everybody, and again, this, this goes back to your point on perspective. My perspective is that what, like, this is really hard. And this is the same, the chat that I had with someone else before about, you know, their thoughts on the speed work and the times that I have to run for my speed work sounds really difficult for them. But those are the days that I really enjoy. And the endurance days are the days that I'm, absolutely dreading.
1: Well, and for a lot of ultra runners it's opposite too. Like I I actually love running 10k distance, but the idea of running okay. a 5k is just horrible for me <laughs> because it's so painful. You know, at least there's points in an ultra run where you're going to have to slow down because you you eat and we do walk at times, you know, okay. especially if you're getting over 50, 100 miles, you know, whether it's to bring down your heart rate so that you're not stressed the body too much or if it's to eat and make sure your food's digesting but in 5k it's just pure pain pure pain for however long it takes to get from that start to finish there's there's no walk break
0: as a as a 400 runner i'm like oh i'm running a 200 today let's go that's great oh we get to run a 100 i never get to do that that sounds like so much fun And then you say, oh, you're going to run an 800. I go, you know what? I think it's time for me to quit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And actually one of the most painful things I've ever done is run a 400. I, I, when I was doing my shorter distance stuff, they had this master's track meet and I'm like, oh, master's track meet. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) And I signed up for everything because I was coaching. I actually coached, um, the uh police athletic league kids track team here and it was so oh, that's fun. Awesome. I coached yeah, it from I coached 6 year olds to 12 year olds. So it was great. And I did it for 5 years um until my kids were older and they couldn't participate in it in it anymore and Okay. Um so yeah, Now, and, and actually it helped put uh, track programs into the middle schools, so it was a forerunner of that. So I'm really proud of that work, too, in the local community. But um,
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: I, the, that Masters track meet, though, the most painful event was the 400. I mean, I remember getting like three quarters of the way around the track, and like I'm like, I can't. I'm going to fall down on the track. <laughs> Because you know, I wasn't used to the pacing that you need, and the lactic acid had built up so much in my legs. I had never experienced that before. It was oh. horrible. <laughs>
0: what was it my my coach used my high school coach used to say like the four P's. I completely forget all of them except for the last one. The last one I know for the last P is pray. At the end of a four hundred is just pray. <laughs> That's all I remember <laughs> because it just at that point it just hurts. I'd actually yeah. rather run a four hundred hurdle than run an open four hundred. Yeah. Because at least during a 400 hurdle, every, you know, 15 steps, I have something to take my mind off of running and I have to hurdle. So it's like, oh, this sucks up oh, hurdle. I got to hurdle. So it's like that the change of mindset is it makes it actually better.
1: Yes, I get that. That's kind of like trail versus road ultra running to me. Mm-hmm. Because the trail distracts you.
0: Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is that, like, I'd say that I was several times pretty close to not even being, you know, running this long, as long as I have, I... What was it? I had quit track seventh grade because we had we actually had middle school track in my middle school. And I had quit seventh grade because I wasn't going to I wasn't, you know, being selected to go to any meets like at all. So I was like, why am I showing up? This is, this is and this is my first time doing track. So I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm used to, to being to playing football and, and having my play time on the field and and, you know, being one of the top guys you know on a team at that time to to always getting play time to now like i'm not even going to meet i'm not even getting the go to watch so like that was like a whole different experience um and then i was like no mom was like you know what you should just give it another try so i came back eighth grade and i ended up going to every meet following that and then i was like all right, i'm gonna do it in high school it's 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 just for football just to stay in shape it's fine it's fun ended up getting a concussion in football junior year and i was like you know what I need my brain for college. So it's just track now. So, and and sticking that out. And then I got to college freshman year and my coach um, suggested that I, I, you know, kind of quit, suggested that I focus on my schoolwork. And at the time that definitely was a valid point because my schoolwork wasn't doing great switching from someone that didn't know how to study, didn't need to study in high school to having to study and making a huge difference. So once I got there, I was like, all right, this is not going well but I ended up sticking it out for both doing ended up getting my grades up and staying on the team and doing it all the way through. And I can honestly say I wouldn't have made it through undergrad or grad school without doing track. Um, is it frozen. Oh, no, I'm still there. Um. Was there uh, any any big topics you really wanted to talk about and really let people know and, and share on? Um, so, so I know you I talked a little that... bit about your races and and oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I know you had talked about some of the, the some of the different races that you, you host an event. Um, I'm not even 100. percent Where where are your races? Where are you located? Like what state? Where do these events yeah, so usually take place? Florida. I'm in
1: Florida, and I'm on the East Coast, and I'm on the East Coast of North Florida, you would say. So I'm about an hour and a half um, south of Jacksonville. I sit right between Daytona and um, St. Augustine. So most people know those those two cities. And um, all four of my races are in this area. Um, The first race. Or like I said, I've been putting that one on for 13 years is the Jack's 50K. And then um, the second race, I actually started the next two in the same year, and that was a Swamp, um, which is 100K, 50K, 30K, 10K. I always have the smaller distances, again, because I'm trying to get people to participate. And then... Um, I started that same year, the one that's coming up in a month. It's river. It's okay. called the River to Sea 6-Hour, 12-Hour Trail Race. And that's a timed loop format, and that's very interesting because they will actually loop around a mile trail, uh, a okay. mile looped trail for uh, 6 hours and 12 hours. And it, it's a lot of fun because they all get to see each other because they're on that same mile loop, and they come past their families and their fans um so it's it's it sounds like it would be awful but it's actually really really fun Mm -hmm. okay i mean i'll take
0: your word for that one (laughs) i'll have to take your word for that
1: it's it's put it this way this is it's six year and it's sold out every year (laughs) so
0: oh i believe you i i believe you i i do 100 percent believe that there are people you know crazy enough to do this all the time But you know, to be an athlete, to to do what you love, and to to you have to be a little crazy anyway. So that's fine. But you know, of course, perspective. I'm like, uh, I probably won't be doing that. I definitely think that it's an absolutely amazing idea, and I love seeing people striving to to better themselves in whatever it is. So that's really awesome that that you know you have these all these different events for people to go and 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 have fun.
1: Oh yeah, and what's really um, cool about that event is it's a great introductory level event because some people don't have their first ultra distance, and they can come in and sign up for the twelve hour, and they can you know do as much or as little as they want, and they can okay. you know it's cause what you finish mileage wise in twelve hours is what you finish, so okay. you know it, it's it's it affords people the opportunity that because in a normal, you know, say let's say a normal 50 miler, you might have cut off times so that you gotcha. get to the finish, but in the 12 hours, usually most people can, you know, get their first 50k or some people will be able to get 50 miles in 12 hours on a on a, you know, easy trail. What makes that race not easy though is the heat because it is in August and when put it in August it was because there were no other races at that time and I thought well I'll see it's a shaded trail you know people come or they won't and like I said I was I was astounded that people wanted to um, race in that heat Um, but all right that's um, awesome yeah and then my my fourth race is um, I just had the idea to put on um, for people you know a lot of people just celebrate the new year um, instead of like going out and doing something unhealthy the night before to come on New Year's day and do a seven hour timed race. So that race is, um, my seven hour, um, ultra new year celebration race. So it's, it's a lot of fun and, um, that's going on its third year next year. My first, my first year was 2020. So okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm really proud of my races and, um, uh, you know, I've I've met so many people that, uh, um, uh, you know, so many people in the ultra community, and um, many have become really good friends of mine. I don't doubt it. The running
0: community is is absolutely amazing. Just the running community in general. My my uh my best friend, like some of my best friends, are all a lot of them are walk-ons from freshman year of college, all walking out to the track team. So like those are like the guys that I still talk to after college. Like that, just that sense of community is amazing. No matter what event or you know distance or whatever it is uh like tracks that are a really big sport where you support a lot other people doing well no matter like what you're doing and that's that's like the best part about it like you you're happy when someone else like even if it's if it's someone faster than you someone slower than you they you know get a new pr or whatever and that like that makes you happy and that's i love that sense of community from from running
1: Oh yeah. And you, you absolutely see that in ultra distance racing too, you know, that people will stop to help you give you, what you if so, if you need something that you don't have, you know, from, from their, their own pack, you know, if they're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're running out of water or you need some electrolytes or fuel, um, ultra runners are very giving and helpful. And a lot of times, even if you just need someone to move with you for a while, they'll, they'll do that, you know, cause sometimes in the middle of the night, you know, you're getting tired. Um, you know, someone will just give you companionship. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. Amazing community. And I, I've loved, um, watching at the Olympic trials, just seeing that at the end of races, how, you know, that girl that just beat you, <laughs> but they still go up and congratulate each other, you know?
0: It's absolutely amazing. I, yeah, I, I was loving what the. they, the response of people's times after, especially after this crazy, you know, past year and a half that everybody's had and how they're doing, like, it's absolutely incredible. And then seeing, you know, like Sidney McLaughlin run a, a world record in the 400 hurdles, absolutely elated. And everybody after that comes to the line after that, absolutely elated for her too. Like it's, that's, I don't, I don't know many sports where you get that same sense of, of, of instant, like love from everybody else around you.
1: Yeah, that's a great example of what you just said. Absolutely.
0: And then, like, uh, I feel like it's very easy to instill, kind of instill that into, like, young runners, um, just from, a, like, a, a track perspective. Um, like, the 4 by 4 at track meets. Like, that's that's the opportunity for those kids that, you know, wish that they wanted to be on the 4 by 4 wanted that spot and didn't get it or whatever. Like, my coach made sure, like, if, like, you're either, you're cheering for the four or four. I don't care what you're doing. Like your events over, you are cheering for your teammates. You're cheering, like in general, you're not bad-mouthing any other teams. Like you're just cheering for your teammates. And that's, that was it. And if you weren't, you definitely heard it at the end of the day. So like, it's this, that, that builds it like, oh, I gotta, I'm making sure I'm cheering for other people. And then it's the same thing when I'm racing, I'm racing. I come to the line. I, you know, I say good race to the people around me just cause that same, that good sportsman mentality that was kind of instilled in us. And it's that same sense. Even before I race, I actually, I say a prayer for myself. And then I also in that prayer is also for everyone else. I, you know, I, I wish that I, I pray that we all, you know, run to the best of our abilities. Um, and then we all walk out of this one, like, you know, safely. And that's for me and for my, the people that I'm racing against.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that. I mean, I think that's, like I said, what I saw, Way back when that attracted me to that community and made me, you know, I, I wasn't sure that I could ever be an ultra runner. I was so enamored of them, but I wanted to, if I couldn't be one, then I wanted to put on races for them. And okay. then, you yeah, know, I, I did segue into that world and, um, you know, really have enjoyed being a part of that sport and um, excited with, um, you know, the adventures I've had and and that's that's been cool too um like one last year when all the races were canceled and um you know one of the big races i had on the table was the badwater 135 which is a really difficult race to get into um, mm-hmm. you know you're it's it's not even like it's lottery and you have to be picked from a lottery it's it's a selection committee that chooses a group of runners which is a hundred runners and then there's a certain percentage that are picked from veteran runners and new runners okay and you know then you have to also meet uh certain qualifications um there's a lot involved in and in that you have to have certain races that you've done the harder the better so it's a, like a whole process but really i worked towards and then in 2020 i was two weeks out from the race and it got canceled oh. Um, because of the pandemic, and mm-hmm. um, that was really hard, but I decided, okay, well, I'm going to take this fitness and do something with it. So I came up with a big blue 132, and I got two of my girlfriends, and we started in Delray, and we ran 132 miles north. Well, I ran. They crewed me. A couple of my okay. friends came out along the way to help me. But I always say, like, that was one of the – greatest accomplishments because you know there was no, you know fanfare there, there was no real race it was just yeah. me it was extremely hot cuz it was july um but it was also one of the greatest accomplishments you know i felt no so, so. Um, such a such a sense of achievement after that race and such a sense of closeness with you know, a bond with my two friends that came with me and, um, we'll always have that. And, um, yeah, it was just incredible feeling. So, you know, I encourage people to, uh, you know, um, look beyond having to have something that, um, you're rewarded at the end with gotcha. as your sole means of why you're you know investing so much time into something you know let let it be deeper yeah. than you know
0: i mean even like uh like however even times when i haven't been able to race just time trials which there's no there's no fans there's no no competition but even just by yourself training and 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 you know again, like you said, putting that fitness to get used, like, all right, I'm going to go run a time trial and doing better in that than you've done before. Like that's even, that's an amazing feeling. And I like, that's something that people definitely need to, to get more of like the, the kids that I actually coach. um, I know that I've done this in the past where we've done. um, um, So I know we've done the team competitions, like that's not something where you, you're, you know, facing off against other teams, which has this whole different energy, but now you're just facing off against your friends, your teammates. And that, that kind of energy is actually completely different, and it's actually sometimes I feel like it's sometimes even better because you you go into these meets and you get the in this team meet and you kind of you get to trash talk your best friend like you something you don't get to do often and like that builds you up a little bit so you're like really excited to go and have fun and race and then you're excited to see who you know like was your teammate trash talking prematurely and then now you have bragging rights until the next time which you know if if you guys are never in the same heat again, at a normal race, there is no next time, but like, it's stuff like that. That's that, that kind of fun, like having fun that people really got to, you know, do more of and really helps a lot.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a valuable thing for me and I had, you know, as a coach during, um, 2020, you know, I had to lead the way because, you know, all my athletes events pretty much, um, were Mm -hmm. canceled. I was extremely lucky as a race director because none of my races were canceled but i did have to put procedures in place i had to move them from certain venues so one race i had to split into two days so there i had uh, you know i had to make a lot of changes but i was grateful that unlike a lot of race directors my races were still able to go on
0: you saw you saw both sides of that
1: Oh yeah. And, but then, you know, my athletes, I saw it through my athletes cause they were training for weeks for this event and uh, it happened to me, right. With Badwater, And that event was no longer on. So I was, I was doing solos that whole year. I did a marathon solo, a 50 K solo, a 50 mile wow. solo. I wasn't thinking I was going to do a 132 mile solo, but I ended up doing that and solo just meaning, um, you know, the, the, Marathon and the 50K, you know, I, I had people who would stop by. The 50-miler, I did have a crew to follow. Okay. Me, and yeah. The same thing with the 132. But solo meaning in the sense that, you know, it's not a race. So yep. it's on your own in, in terms of that. It, but it was strengthening to me, you know, and it was. It, it, I think it really you know it maintained my fitness it showed me how mentally strong I was and you really do need to be mentally strong and it and it really bonded me to the to my friends like I said that um you know helped me because uh you know it's not an easy endeavor to uh crew 132 Mm -hmm. miles along A1A in July (laughs) they were suffering in the heat too but I was so grateful to them and was such an amazing experience that I'll never forget. I mean, honestly, like I could, you know, I did a solo out in Badwater. Um, that was part of what made me want to do the race out there, and that was one hundred and forty-six mm-hmm. miles in twenty eighteen. And um, I would say that's probably my most significant achievement. But right behind it would be the one hundred and thirty-two miles I did here, and the just because those solos. You know, you pushing you. Yeah, there's no competition pushing you. It's different. It can be. Like it can
0: said. be harder. Even and it's. It's sometimes it's even more of an accomplishment too, doing those things by yourself. So yeah, no, I definitely understand definitely
1: that. But not to say you know, you know races, are, races are challenging in their own right because then you have to answer to the competition. Yep. That. So, um, you know. I I definitely welcome competition and you know I think it's a it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, same.
0: All right. Um I appreciate you coming. It's been a really great time chatting with you. Thank you so much.
1: I've really enjoyed it Tony and um I knew I would after I heard you talking with Rachel. So um thanks for uh you know having me on and and um chatting with me. It's been fun. Yeah.
0: I'll uh, I'll make sure that I put all your um your information, your Instagram handle, um, in the, the description of this also in the post that I do about this podcast. Um, and then everybody can go there. They can follow you. They can keep up with what you're doing. And also if anybody that follows this podcast is in Florida and wants more information about, you know, ultra running and, and different races, they can also, you know, they have a, something that they can look to.
1: Yeah. Eastcoasttrailracing.com. Easy to find.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Tony. Have a great night.
0: You too. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode thank you so much for tuning in feel free to follow dawn over on instagram at run natural coach um thank you so much for joining me on this chat dawn i really do appreciate it um for all the listeners out there make sure you give her a follow support her and, and continue to support this podcast as well on my instagram share the post about this episode um, leave a rating or review on the actual podcast itself it really does help us grow and i really do appreciate it um and i will see you guys in the next one later